welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia, and with me is my co-host, Mila. Hi, Mila. Hi there. It's season two. Oh my god. We made it. This is episode 14, The Curse of Cornelius Segan and Other Tales from the Crypt. Like last episode, I'll say this. If you're too young for that reference, it's from the 90s. You can Google it. It was a creepy little show that used to bother me because I was a little kid. And uh, yeah, that's where that reference comes from. The synopsis of this episode is New servant Cedric muscles in as Arthur's right-hand man and turns the prince against his friend. Merlin is convinced the newcomer is up to something. Fascinating. That is a great synopsis, actually. Whoever wrote that synopsis knows that Merlin and Arthur are friends. That's true. They watched the first season. (laughs) So, I mean, it's season two. Here we go. I'm going to start just not by what happens in the opening, but I'm going to be honest about this episode as a whole. It is possibly one of the most frustrating episodes of the entire show. I know you're frustrated. Look, I cannot even begin to speak. (laughs) I honestly, did I text you? No, we talked. I was in the middle of the episode, like 20 minutes in, and then Sonia called me. And we briefly, we tried to save everything for the podcast, but then we briefly mentioned this episode. And I was like, I'm just going to hold my emotions in because maybe I'm annoyed for nothing. And she's like, this episode is really annoying. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. (laughs) It is. We tried to avoid talking about it off air until we have talked about it on air. But I could see the exasperation on your face and... I didn't want you to feel alone like you were wrong or something. I find it's it's weird. I kind of like this episode, but there are so many frustrating moments. It's complicated because I think it's a good episode, but let's get into it. Yes, let's do it. We'll get into what the problems really are. Yeah. We still love you, writers. If you ever hear this, contact us. We'll have you on our show as if any writer of Merlin would care to be on our podcast. But if you did... We love to talk to you. We're big fans. Just saying this one, yikes. Okay. You can't win them all. You just can't win them all. And that's just okay. So this opens on very The Mummy vibes. More 90s references. This is what now, from now on, I think this is going to be a trend. This is going to be what Sonia's known for this podcast. She makes too many 90s references. It feels like The Mummy reminds me of it all the entire opening. It really does. And I always have the same question when either Morgana or Arthur seems to wake up at an odd hour. Why are Gwen and Merlin still there? Like Arthur wakes up and Merlin's still there, but usually he's home for dinner. So I'm just fascinated by this. First of all, we have the opening scene and they're digging, right? Look, I have a problem with this because as far as I knew, underneath the castle was all the dragon's house over there. There was no room for digging. There's, if you dig more, you're going to fall into the hole where the dragon is. Do you understand? I don't understand. I didn't think of this. I just figure it's like another part of the castle and they're not digging that deep. You know, like it's just next to the crypts that they usually use. And they're like, oh, wait, that's not a wall that has always been there. There's something behind. I don't know. Anyways, just something to think about, everyone. Well, physics aside, because I the physics of below Camelot always make me pause. <laughs> And I tend to let it go. Suspension of disbelief, you know? Correct. But that was just a question. I was like, oh my God, they're digging deeper. <laughs> like, that's a problem. Does Don't wake up the dragon. He's cranky. So yeah, Merlin's there. Again, I don't need to nitpick, but Merlin's there at some odd hour. That's fine. That's fine. But that's a question that I have in my notes. Merlin sleeps in the castle now? That's what's happening? It's not, clearly. But... For convenience of storytelling, whenever Morgana and Arthur wake up in the middle of the night, Gwen and Merlin are there. Again, fine. Here's the thing. I don't know why we're back to this Arthur thinks that Merlin should go defy Uther's orders. This never worked out well for Merlin in the past. 
No one cares you can't sleep. What time are you sleeping that they're still digging? I don't know. If it's not bothering the king, then too bad. Yeah, I don't know. I would just have pretended. I'm like, yep, just, just, I went there and they said, no, they're not going to stop. But he does go there and it was very, I got very runaway vibes. Uh, that is a Monty Python reference for anyone who's wondering. All that I can think now is, well, I presented Sonia with Monty Python's Pamela's musical the other day. And there's a whole song that's called Runaway. And now I'm singing it in my head because, you know, I'm a Broadway person. <laughs> we touched on this on episode one of our podcast. That's the most rewatched or, you know, like, obviously you didn't read it, but my most go-to Arthurian tale is actually Monty Python's Holy Grail. And I'm not proud of that. You know, we didn't even mention that the last episode, uh, Le Mort d'Arthur, is actually a book title of, you know, one of the top Arthurian legend books. But hey, you know, not highbrow of me to be like, oh, the thing I watch most of Arthurian legends is Monty Python. It's okay. I'm right there with you, except more nerdy because it's a Broadway musical. <laughs> And anyway, you know, very runaway, eek, bad stuff. You know, that, that guy is like scary, kind of dead. That was legitimately creepy makeup work they did. Don't know what bolt from a crossbow would make you look like that. But Gaius gets down there and I got vibes of the Black Knight episode. Remember when the Black Knight shows up? Yeah. And the Black Knight shows up and... Gaius pretends he doesn't know who it is, but he saw the seal. Same thing. He sees the raven. He immediately has a thought and says, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that's a lie. He's not sure, but he's got an idea. Definitely. I felt exactly the same way in my notes. I wrote, seems like Gaius knows. I love Gaius. I love Gaius' surprise that Merlin saved his life as if this isn't something that he does on a daily basis anyway. But thank you for saving his life, which ends beautifully with the dish at Uther's feet. And the way Anthony Head says, idiot, <laughs> it just cracks me up. I'm like, oh, my God, I, it's the first time they were seeing you in the second season. And I already want to punch you in the face. I thought you would like it because it would remind you of the scene where he says that he has brain issues. <laughs> it is my favorite scene. And I... Obviously, Uther does believe that Merlin has mental problems. He does, in a way. It's funny because Idiot, from that scene on, became a lot of my notes during this. It became my reaction to a lot of things that happened in this episode. I just took it from Uther and I was like, oh, Idiot. So, my question is, oh my god, Uther, how much more money do you need? How many more jewels do you need? You're You're digging up Tombs, you're grave robbing your own past kings. You're the king. You're not some grave robber who needs the money. Also, jewels for what? You don't wear them. You don't know anyone. Everyone is your enemy. You don't throw parties. Nobody comes over. You have dinner by yourself very often, as we see. Who cares? Maybe it's all for Morgana. I don't believe that. I don't know. <laughs> all I'm saying is... It's one thing to be a grave robber when you're poor. It's another thing to be a grave robber when you're king. And of course, Arthur gets given the job of security because every time there's a major issue in Camelot, Uther just punts it right to Arthur. You deal with it. In the tavern, we get introduced to a new character. You're a fan of the U.S. office. This guy who plays Cedric is the original Dwight from the U.K. office. Are you kidding me? This guy is the guy with the glass eye in Pirates of the Caribbean. True, true. What? I think of him as from The Office. Of course I know this guy. But you don't know that he's from The Office, and that's very exciting for me. No, I did not know that he was from The Office, but that's extra funny now that I know. Well, yeah, of course he's in a great fantasy franchise. But I never see, I never think of him as the guy from Pirates. I think of him as The Office. Because I've watched Pirates of the Caribbean pretty often, that's the first, I was like, that's him. I Googled, I had to go to IMDb to actually confirm, but yes, I knew, I was like, it's, there's no way that this person is not that person. His hair is very different in this 
don't even want to talk about this wig. By the way, we call him this guy. His name is Mackenzie Crook. Oh, I'm sorry, Mackenzie. <laughs> I know that we're calling him Guy, but we know your name. We do know your name. It's just that we're, I was super excited. Anyway, so he's obviously a thief and a liar. Flash forward to the courtyard, and this is when things start getting bad right away. Yes. You can tell me why you're frustrated, but I'll tell you why I'm frustrated right from this moment. Okay. Merlin arrives for Arthur's hunt, and I'm not sure why the writers did this. This is, my, this is a big question for me from the writers. He uses Merlin as a mounting block. The best way to get help from a human being getting on a horse is called a leg up. A leg up isn't dehumanizing. It's hard for me to reconcile what the writers have done right here because Arthur grew a lot in the last season. We, in the last episode, discussed his transformation from complete jerk to pretty swell guy who takes a little bit longer than everybody else to get to the you know moral backbone of the story in the last episode of season one. So it's frustrating because we start season two and he's just reverted back apparently. First of all, you're the Camelot killing machine. You can't get on a horse by yourself. I mean, I'm not saying I'm good at mounting a horse alone. You know, I'm quite short and it's something that I struggle with sometimes and it annoys me that I can't. And I'm not proud of it that I need a leg up. Definitely wouldn't step on somebody. I don't know. It just bothers me. It's so dehumanizing and makes Arthur look like such a piece of trash. I agree with literally everything that you said. When that happened, when Merlin gets on all fours for him to step on him to get on the horse, I'm like, what the hell is happening here? It's like we're back at the first episode from the first season when Arthur did behave like that, when he, he really was like kind of a dick. And I'm like, what? How? I, don't, I didn't even understand. Also, we spent the entire first season with Arthur getting on his horse just fine. I just, I don't get it. As a decision, I don't get it. It makes the character deeply unlikable. We didn't need to go that far. We've all been here for a season, right? Most people aren't picking up watching Merlin from season two. Season two, right. And even if you are, you don't have to go that far because Arthur isn't supposed to be this jerk anymore. He's supposed to have grown a little bit. And it makes you feel like, what was last season about regarding this character's development if we're just going to backslide to being a complete piece of trash. I love these writers, but I just think it was too far to make a point about something that was very well made in the next few interactions because he's totally demeaning, by the way. Like, they've already called him an idiot. As far as I'm concerned, he 100% deserves to fall on his butt from that saddle. And Cedric steps in. Without him being a mounting block, It would this interaction would have made... Arthur seem enough like a jerk who doesn't appreciate Merlin without that. Definitely. So it makes this interaction even more frustrating because he's already been treating him like dirt for the last five minutes, whatever. I just think it just made me feel like all of, and we talked about this at length here for the entire first season, that all of that all of us talking about like how Arthur is becoming a better person. He's getting ready to be the king that he is supposed to be. He's better than Uther. He's getting more mature. It was all like thrown in the garbage. It was all pointless. Not just from like a being in the story standpoint, but we've been praising the writers for writing such beautiful character development. That's what I'm concerned about here. It's like, yeah, they're entirely fictional. Merlin's not really being hurt. I have a question for the writers here. What was the idea? You think we weren't going to notice he was being a jerk without him being an absolute piece of shit? <laughs> yeah, because you're. I think you're completely right that the next interaction, he's already a jerk. I'm already like, ugh. But we started from such like an extra, extra, extra piece of shit position that I hated him for the rest of this episode yeah it's not a good look i could not get over it but let's not get held up on the entire first scene of this whole show because let's 
Cedric steps in. You know, my first note is I dot 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 hate Cedric. It's just he's unlikable from the first second he talks because all that kiss ass yeah stuff that usually works on Uther and it's working on Arthur and I hate it. Like we're seeing Arthur beat Uther. And there's intercut scenes of Snoopy Gaius, which, you know, I'm always here for it with his little magnifying glass. It's adorable, like good prop because it's like sewn together almost. I'm, I don't even know what to say about it. I love that magnifying glass. I love it. I'm like, it's such, obviously they did some research because I didn't even know how, I don't know how magnifying glasses were made in the past, but it's so cool that it's like wired. Like there's like little holes and it's wired together to the piece that you hold it's just amazing props to the props people it's a beautiful piece of work so the hunt is on i don't know how big that boar is like the size of a bear yeah just like giant creatures everywhere in the show and i love it i'm i thought it was a bear at first actually when he came out i'm like that's a bear no it's an enormous boar it's enormous like too big could feed the whole kingdom for a week kind of thing yeah <laughs> which is great i loved it beautiful effect smart choices and you know could you hate cedric even more than you did before of course you could this is how to do it now this is where the, the writers are smart right how do you make everyone who's watching the show who's invested who's invested in the merlin character and this relationship and how do you take a character like cedric and made him make him completely and immediately hated Take credit for Merlin's work. But I have a question here. So nobody really saw what happened, right? Well, I, I mean, look, we can go down the Merlin is terrible at hiding his magic road if you want. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm disconsidering all of that. Supposedly, he was good at hiding his magic because no one saw what happened because nobody, nobody was like him. He did magic. So nobody saw it. Nobody saw where the... I mean, everyone was looking at the boar. I get it, right? Right. Nobody saw where he came from. Why doesn't Merlin just takes credit for throwing the thing at the boar? If Cedric could take credit without anyone questioning him if he did it with magic or not, I don't understand why Merlin just didn't say it was me. Two reasons. It was magic. And he doesn't want to be connected to it at all if anyone questions anything. And he's definitely sure that Arthur won't believe him. Okay, I accept that. I'm just saying, I mean, he's admittedly clumsy. He says it in the open in the opening, right? That he's That's true. just part of his charm. He's he's clumsy. But yeah, I just don't think it's worth it for him to stick his neck out to be like, I was involved in that. Well well the episode would have ended there, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I understand. <laughs> I understand why he didn't claim it. But at the same time, I'm like, if nobody saw it, I can just say, yeah, it was me. Yeah. But he's also not that kind of person. And he's trying to be cautious. If anyone suspects any of that, and I'm not usually that good of a hunter, and I'm not that good of a fighter, and I don't throw that strongly, and I start claiming credit for that, they're going to be like, how? Right. Liar. Don't lie. Right. If they were like, you now throw a sword right now at this thing and you can't. So it's not going to go well. Just no, it's not good. Yeah, I, I could I could see why he didn't. It's just better to shut up. Right. I don't I don't know if it's better to shut up. Somebody has to start speaking in this show. Otherwise, I'm going to freak out. I am going to lose it. My notes would end with I hate Cedric. <laughs> I hate him. Good job, Mackenzie, because I hate this character. It's like sniveling. It's that, That's what it is. It's the word. That's the word I'm looking for. Just that sniveling rat. Like, I don't like it. Anyway, Merlin gets home to a bespectacled Gaius who's adorable and learns about Cornelius Segan, which sounds terrible. I'm going to say that what I learned in this scene is that Uther's not the first king of Camelot to murder sorcerers. Lots of information here. I'm like, wow, this has happened before. This has been happening for longer than I thought. Yeah. Uther didn't come up with this concept. He just perfected it. And the question is, do you think he'll succeed? And I'm just sitting in my living room going, um, yeah, of course. We know he's gonna. <laughs> How else could this go in Camelot? <laughs> 
Look, I love the scene first because it's just when Merlin comes in and talks to you guys, it's like, it's really like a family thing. It's like, oh, how was your day? And he's like, oh, saved Arthur's life. Someone else got the credit. Just the usual. And I love that. It's just like a very like family conversation of like, how's your day? Like it was kind of crappy, but you know, it is what it is kind of thing. Feels like an episode of Blossom, basically. It really does. It really does. I'm just going to count how many 90s references I can make. And apparently this Cornelius Segan was very powerful. He was executed, but couldn't bear the thought of the wealth and power dying with him. So he tried to defeat death. Do you think that he's going to make it? Yes, I do. I do think this is going to work. Doesn't sound like a swell guy. Just going to put that out there. Don't think I like him. Just saying. Well, the thing is, he comes back to destroy the place that killed him, right? So, like, am I blaming him? No. Do I know what he did? No. But apparently, Camelot is up now because of his magic. That's what Gaia said that he heard, that part of Camelot was made out of his magic itself. So I don't know. I don't really know what happened between these guys in the past, but don't really blame the guy from wanting to die and hunt the place that killed him. Speaking of places that kill sorcerers, Gaius goes to Uther. What happens? Traditional Gaius-Uther conversation. Gaius says a logical thing. Uther says, don't be ridiculous. Again, we're like, did nothing happen in season one? Did I imagine season one? My question here in my notes is, what the hell is wrong with Uther's memory? Guys, I'm going to say, I'm going to be very real. I almost stopped watching this episode at this point. I'm like, no fucking way. I'm done. I'm done with this bullshit. I'm sorry that I'm cursing a lot because I'm really, I'm really annoyed. Like my my hands are sweating. I'm really annoyed. I'm really annoyed. First of all, I'm annoyed at Uther because Gaius comes in and he goes, what is it that you want? Like, why do you have to be so rude all the time? Yeah. Could you max out the rudeness on saying hello to Gaius? All the time. What is it that you want? Just say hello. (laughs) How hard is that? Cool your jets. What did he do to you? He constantly helps you and you're just like, shut up. Like last episode, when Gaius was like giving Arthur the medicine, quote unquote medicine, it wasn't medicine, it was the water from the cup. But he goes, what are you doing, physician? And I'm like, he has a name. You know him. You've known him for years. Stop being rude. Uther has, you know, split personalities sometimes. There are times when he says, what do you want, physician? And times when he's like, Gaius, you're my greatest friend. It's like, what's wrong with you? Literally, what's wrong with you? Why are you the way that you are? And we're back here from the very beginning. We went full circle. It's back. We're back. Episode one, season two, and we're back at the beginning. He goes, you've been my ally against sorcery, but don't give in into this irrational fears and don't go scaring people with like foolish superstition. I'm like, has Gaius ever been wrong when he came to you and he was like, something bad's going to happen? Something bad happened and you just magically forgot. I guess you were magical also because I can't. He's got the memory of a goldfish because you can't really call it superstition in a place where magic actually exists. It's not superstition in a place where things like this actually happen. That's what I do. Whatever. I mean, we could go on for three days on this. I almost stopped watching. I I got very aggravated at this part. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep going because I had a podcast to record, so I have to complete this episode. The faster I watch, the faster it ends because I can't do it anymore. Thank you for sticking with it. Morgana's just in time with a nightmare. Again, same question. Do Merlin and Gwen ever leave this castle when these two are sleeping? <laughs> I mean, look, Gwen even, I Gwen I can see because... Gwen and Morgana are actual friends and Gwen lost her father and I wouldn't want to be home alone anyways. And if I had a room next to my friend, I would be like, can I just sleep here, please? Side note, I do think that Arthur and Merlin are actual friends. They're just dummies. All right. But I did have the same thought where I was like, you know what? It would be actually kind of nice for Gwen to be able to stay there 
when she doesn't feel like going home to her empty house because, you know, Uther killed her dad, just reminding everybody. But okay, that happens and it's morning. And again, my notes just say I hate Cedric because all this suck up stuff. And then like Merlin comes in and Arthur is just like basking in the glory of this perfect manservant who brought him a giant breakfast. Here's what I hate, that the writers are writing a version of Arthur in this who's painfully stupid. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yes, he saved Arthur's life, quote unquote there. But if everyone that did something nice for the the king or the prince got a place inside the castle, that would be hard. Also, like, Camelot, please start doing background checks. You're bringing people in. <laughs> they are not okay. Yeah, it's too, I, I don't even mind that that's the reward. It's that it's too easy to trick your way into the castle, into the service of the most important people with no background checks. All you have to do is just fake that the prince's life is in danger and then fake save him. And then you would be able to like walk in and out of his bedroom in the middle of the night. It's just, there's, as always, Camelot security is not great. Continues to be terrible. One star rating on Camelot's security system. Just saying. So my notes actually say, I hate Cedric and Arthur even more. What an idiot. It's hard to like someone who can be just so manipulated by the worst kind of manipulation, which isn't even like Morgana level psychological turnaround where she's smart about it and she knows how to get to your triggers. No, it's just kissing someone's ass. And all of a sudden, what, Merlin's not worth anything to you? I remember times where you were so attached to him, you rode to your death. So I'm confused about who they're writing here. It's again, it's not even my frustration with the characters. I'm wondering if there's a new staff of writers here and they didn't really pay attention to what happened in season one. Writers from the first episode of season two. Did you watch season one of Merlin? I would recommend that. Before you start season two, I recommend you to watch all of season one. And then go right over his episode. I think that's the real frustration here. It's a good episode if it was epi- if it was season one, episode two. Yeah, episode two, episode three, episode four. There's a disconnect here in the sequence of events and how people are behaving versus what just happened in the last episode. People are supposed to come back from the break because it's been eight months and not remember who these people were. Right. And the whole reason why people do come back is because they fell in love with who these people are and what they are supposed to become and what they're becoming and the changes in the development that we watched through the first season. So yeah, I'm also very confused. I'll leave this scene on the note of, again, there's no stable boy. I just, I don't understand it. Fine. Moving on. I understand the comedy bit. I'm just saying you should have a stable boy. But moving on, Caius goes to see Morgana. I just, I love, I love what happens here for us who the viewer is all knowing in this scene. You know, he's just told Uther about the raven symbol. And then she dreams about the raven. It's this very scary. And he's like, what did you dream about? And she says, a raven. And he says, a raven? She goes, what does that mean? Well, probably nothing. Eyes. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, at some point, is going to get too much that they can't keep ignoring, right? That she, like, warns everyone. Or I'm not... I would really... I know this is already written, but I hope... I'm hoping that the writers have written a large development on Morgana because I feel so sad and so bad for her that she gets treated like she's crazy and everyone's like, just go to bed, go to bed. And I just want to see her like help and do stuff, you know? I'll make you this promise and try to keep the spoilers at bay. I promise you this episode is not reflective of how the series goes. I promise you everyone will continue on their character development and things will move forward it's not one of those shows because this can make you worry right you're in season two and as a viewer if you are someone who watches tv the way you and i do you can ponder whether it's one of those shows that just stays stuck and doesn't want to move forward in the story because the thing they set up in the beginning is the only thing they know how to write and then it can't move to the next point you know what i mean totally it's not the show is not that okay i'm relieved And I figured that he wasn't because otherwise you wouldn't be like, hey, let's make a podcast about this. I mean, (laughs) you watched the whole thing, but I haven't. So the fact that you invited me to make a podcast about this means that it's worth it to watch it to the end. I will say this much. I've finished 
terrible shows. I will not name them here. This is not that place that I think are awful. And I am a completionist. I will finish things that I think are terrible and then wish I had my time in this life back from watching them. But unless we were making a show called Hate Watch, I wouldn't make you watch it. Because I would tell you we're going to hate watch this. I don't hate watch Merlin. It's very good. But let's move on. The Raven reference get tossed out. I love Gaius's face in this scene. But then we are off to the stables. And, you know, Merlin lands face first in poop when he's knocked out by Cedric. So sad. Again, we're in one of those scenes where the question is how far back has Arthur regressed in this episode to being a complete jerk? And how stupid is he that he's implying that Merlin is taking a nap in a pile of poop? Seriously, though. And like, let all the horses go. I'm like, are you for real? The horses don't get out because someone fell asleep. It's frustrating from a viewer's standpoint to watch this because Arthur is stupid and it's hard to like him and it's hard to watch this because he's the one who keeps stomping on the very likable main character that's left, which is Merlin, who's being tortured. I I don't get it. Like why are I don't get it why they're trying to humiliate Merlin and I don't get it why they're writing Arthur so dumb and so shallow. Exactly. It's so shallow. And I'm sorry, it's too stupid to believe, oh, you went to sleep. Something bad obviously happened to him. He landed in poop. People do not take naps like that. (laughs) Or does that need to be explained to the prince? Also, in a good thing the writers did. I won't. I'm not trying to. I really am not trying to shit on the writers. I'm just. It's a frustrating episode of Merlin. We get a classic that you don't know is a classic yet. But I'm going to tell you right now it's a classic. You would see that if you weren't being such a clot pole. (laughs) Which I had to Google the origins of last night. So did I. Oh, my God. So, you know, it's Eliz- Elizabethan English. It's Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. Means blockhead or wooden head. But it's great. I, the acting in this, like, I'm back to at least something I can appreciate is that even though I'm frustrated with what the writers have written for this, the acting is so brilliant that I'm sitting through this. And this exchange around the word clophole, all three actors, Bradley, Colin, Mackenzie, just crack me up their reactions to the word. I mean, Colin's reaction at his own voice saying it and then him being like, what did I just say? Just kills me. And then Mackenzie's saying it. That's what he, yeah. that's what he said. Cl- he said this. said Clopple. He said Clopple. <laughs> I mean, the t- again, we're like back to the, the, the actors on this are cast for their comedic timing and it's brilliant. So good. Because you can't teach that. And I love it. The scene is perfect. This is one of those moments of alleviation in this episode where I'm like, oh, yeah. This is what I love. This is why I come here. Just fantastic and funny. Back home, this is again, we're back to things I love, okay? Because things do improve in this episode. I do think by the end I'm not angry anymore. But this scene has my whole heart. Oh my God. Because Richard Wilson, the way he cleans, like just the way he does all of this, his mannerisms, the way he talks, the way he delivers all of this, guys cleans Merlin's face and... We get my favorite line of the episode. Merlin says, I just want Arthur to see me for who I really am. And of course, you know, the listener should know by now. It's because, Clot pulls a close second, by the way. It's because it's so real. Because that's all we really want from the people who love us and we love is for them to see us for us. And it just kills me. Because and the way he says, it's just hard. Yes. And, ugh. I want to hug Gaius in this scene and never let go, ever, ever. But like, you're gonna, st- we're gonna stay here forever now. I live in this scene. Yeah, I want to come home to Gaius when I have a bad day. Oh my god, it's so sweet. It's so sweet because it's also something that I remember when I was a teenager and I was upset and I would come in and my mom was like, "What happened? Nothing. Like something. Not. It's nothing." And just go to your room and just. The worse it is, the less you would want to talk about it. Right. And the way that he comes in already with the cloth to wipe his face and just the whole the whole delivery of the conversation of of understanding of saying, I know it's hard. I see that it's hard. I see that you try a lot. I see you working really hard. I see you. It's just so touching and so moving and so heartwarming. I love this scene. I love it. The writers are back all of a sudden. Because what 
really is happening here is, oh, they remembered why we come to this. Since the word clop hole, we're back for a minute. Oh, yeah, this is why I come here. And, you know, elsewhere in the castle, it's Arthur's bedtime. Cedric has taken Merlin's job and immediately steals the keys because that's why he's here. Well, in the scene with Gaius and Merlin, he ends up with Gaius telling us that that crystal is actually his soul. Yeah, we end the last scene with Camelot's in peril. Shock surprise. It's Cornelia's soul that is going to escape and live in a body and destroy Camelot. Great. We all we all know whose body. We all know exactly where this is going. Just like clockwork, Cedric takes the keys. We all know. I also, just one remark here about the keys. I also love, I love the little scene that they put at the beginning for Cedric with him taking the gold out of the guy's shirt Mm -hmm. because I feel like they set that up to be like he knows how to take things without people knowing and without making any noise and with like very seamlessly just running away for him to get this key because Arthur is literally right there and he he just fell asleep like this second he closed his eyes half a second ago okay I can only believe because you guys set this up in the beginning and It's very literally the opposite of how Merlin would do it because the last time Merlin stole keys from Arthur, they jingled behind his head for a full scene. Exactly. That's funny. I didn't remember I didn't remember that, but that's very good. Yeah, he's good at this stuff. Unlike Merlin, who's a good person. Cedric, of course, goes down there. Here's my first one. Idiot. So many beautiful props are in here. The set deck is beautiful. And of course, can't take the regular jewels. I think he's kind of an idiot because this is my history of watching too many heist movies playing in here. You're going to want the smaller bills. They're less obvious. Going to be harder to move that jewel than it is a necklace. Stick to the small stuff, kid. It's easier to pawn off. It's like people who like rob a bank and buy like all of the fancy things and like drive in the fanciest car and buy the fanciest clothes. I'm like, You cannot be flashy. You just robbed a bank. You have to hide forever and live like a normal person. You are a millionaire. Correct. You can't do this. Also, who's going to pay? Like, how are you going to fence that? Who's going to pay you for that giant rock the size of my face? Stick with things that people could actually buy off you. Just saying. But whatever. You're an idiot. You want to be greedy. Just like Uther. What happens is, you know, Merlin gets woken up by the magic of Cornelius taking over Cedric's body because we saw that coming. Yes. And once again in the morning, the PI father and son team of Merlin and Gaius private eye, they should just open a detective agency in Camelot and be better appreciated as people, walk in and solve the case in like 30 seconds. It's very like, I, I was watching X-Files just earlier tonight and it even reminds me of this. Because they're like together, just like looking for clues, researching, doing stuff, going places. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. And they crack the case right away. Merlin goes to Arthur. And I think this is like the the height of frustration for me in this episode. Arthur fires him, basically. Yeah. He can't listen. He usually believes Merlin, no matter how crazy the thing Merlin is saying is. That's true. And he's not listening. This is before season one, Arthur. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of this episode's Arthur is before season one or season one's Arthur. Arthur is unrecognizable from last episode. He really is. This whole physical fight. I mean, it's hilarious. I love the clumsy physical fight. It's so funny to me. They just knock into Arthur. Arthur goes down and Arthur pulls an Uther. He's Uther in this episode. He's young Uther. He puts him in the dungeon. I can't even see anything about like... Ugh. Yes, I love the fight. I love the whole like going under the bed kind of thing and escaping on the other side. Um, I think that's really funny. It's really well done. And I I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's kind of hard. You know why it's hard also? It's hard to care about Merlin's destiny when the person he's meant to protect is being just such a huge piece. Yeah, that's very, very true. So what happens next? Oh, just in time, Cornelius is attacking Camelot. Big duh. Big, I told you so, from Gaius. Remember that thing I told you was going to happen? This, one, this is it. This is, do you see it happening right now? It's, it's now. Remember like 24 hours ago when I walked in here and you told me I was being ridiculous? Just saying. Hasn't even been a day. And I love it. 
because I think for the very, very first time, Uther's like, do you see what's happening? Do you see what's happening, guys? And he goes, guys goes, it is as I warned you. That's just a culture that I told you so. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what that is. That's just a fancier I told you so. And then Uther is still being Uther. Don't tell me what can't be done. You know what? Go jump off the roof and die. Why are you the way that you are? I wanted you dead last season. That wish was not granted. And now you're here annoying me once again. I will say I'm just happy to have Anthony head around to say things like idiot. Because you know what I have to say to this? Idiot. Obviously, I'm happy to have him also in the second season. But this, my hate of Uther goes well for Anthony Head because I hate Uther because Anthony Head is such a great actor. Just saying, everyone, don't mix it up. Don't mix it up. No, that's the brilliance. Hating Cedric, hating even Arthur in this because... Yes. It's like, I don't agree with what the writers have done here, but Bradley, Mackenzie, Anthony Head, all three of them, we love you because you're making us hate you. And to feel so much means that you're... Your acting is just A++++. That's the frustrating thing is that Bradley James is so good in this that I just want to scream when he does those things. I've known that person. I've been in a conversation with that person and it makes me angry. It, they're, they're just so good. But yes, I wanted Uther to die last season and he is still, he lives. Apparently to annoy me, but he lives. Meanwhile, Arthur is outside getting his ass kicked and... Merlin does something that proves my very often made point outside of Merlin, before Merlin, after Merlin, during Merlin. Can't lock a wizard up, can't lock a witch up, because if they have powers, they're not staying. Just saying. He's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, yeah. Blast the door open. Oh, yeah. I do magic. That's the moment where you see powerful Merlin all of a sudden. Well, wait. Did we skip this? There's a cute scene between Gwen and Arthur. It's now. It's now. Gwen goes out there. I don't know what the hell she's doing. We get another Guinevere, by the way. Outside, we get a Guinevere. And inside, we get a Guinevere. It's all the Guineveres are happening. It always sounds perfect. But yeah, she saves Arthur's life. Takes him inside to the makeshift infirmary. And Art gets uh, real sentimental. Oh, my God. I don't know. This is... Uh, see, I'm like, okay, I'm all for this scene also. I'm like... I approve. I approve the scene. Thank you very much. Well, all of a sudden I forget jerk Arthur that's been happening in this episode. And I'm back to like old Arthur who's just having a moment. There's all the vibes happening between them. Their chemistry is very good because we haven't really seen them together that often. Mm-mm. They're adding it a little bit at a time. So now you're starting to see that they might be going down the traditional Guinevere Arthur route. Yep. It's very sweet because instead of saying thank you first, he says, you always surprise me. And then he says, thank you. Which I will remind you, this is again, all of a sudden the writers remember who Arthur used to be and has grown into because he does the opposite of what he did in episode two with Morgana when she insinuates that she saved him during the fight with Valiant and can't admit that a girl saved him. He has grown up. Here he is. That is nice. It's nice. It's very cute. And I'm like, ooh, like we're going to see more of this on this season. So I'm interested. Mm, Yeah, it's going somewhere. Of course, Gaius is working in the infirmary and Merlin is sneaky sneaking around because he's supposed to be in the dungeon. Don't think anyone's going to notice you. Literally, the walls are crumbling. You're fine. And Gaius, I don't think you can win, which is sad because usually he's his cheerleader, but he's worried about him. And Queen Lily Segan is scary. And he says, I think you need to go talk to the dragon. And Merlin's like, you knew? (laughs) Gaius definitely wants to say, hey, idiot. Of course I knew. Well, also, Gaius went to talk to the dragon once, so... But Merlin doesn't think he really knows how to get there, you know? Right, right. But yes, uh, Gaius's face is like, duh, obviously I knew. Hello? (laughs) Who do you think I am? So we're off to the dragon. In the meantime, Arthur goes out there and there's just dead people everywhere. (laughs) There's people stuck at the drawbridge. Dead. They're all dead. Hope Uther and Arthur are feeling really good about themselves at this point for ignoring their servants. It's a dragon time. Much like Merlin, I do not trust him. And I feel like what I'm getting from this is Merlin has grown from last season. What does he say? 
He's getting wiser. If I release you, what will you do? He's learning to ask the question, to not just take things as the dragon says them. Uh, excuse me, why do you want to get out of here specifically? Yes, on my notes I have, aha, that's the question. Yeah. But he, th- he does tell the dragon, you are not evil. You don't really want Camelot to go down. I think that Merlin believes that the dragon is selfish, but I don't think that he believes that the dragon is evil. And I am inclined to agree with that for now. For now. But the important thing is stop everything. There is a dragon breath matrix style information download. I need this. You know me. I know you, Mila. We crave knowledge more than anything in life. If there were a way for me to download information so I just knew things like they do in the Matrix or apparently in Merlin, I would be there in a heartbeat. Sign me up. Yes, my note says, OMG, he breathes the spell into Merlin. The knowledge about how to go about this. And yes, I will buy that. I just shut up and take my money. I want this. Please. Please. Back to Arthur, who's again trying to fight magic with a sword. He's never, again, he's never going to learn the lesson because it always ends up working out in his favor. It's what my friends back in college like to call NG, not good. And Uther freaks out because Arthur gets stuck out there. Don't know what you were expecting to happen. Maybe. Could have paid attention yesterday. But hey, here we are now, living in your decision making. And Merlin arrives. Arthur is conveniently knocked out. I'm starting to worry about the concussion count for this show. I mean, the amount of concussions that happen. This is bad. Just not good. It's really not good. But we need Arthur to be unconscious so Merlin can do some magic. I thought of you because Merlin's here and man, is it bright out there in that moonlight. Look, it is full moon. It's a full moon. Just in time. It's a full moon and it's a very bright one. It's a bright full moon and Seekin for a minute when he starts to confront Merlin is making some very solid points. He's not wrong, right? Is this why the writers have done this all episode? To give us the moment of doubt here where Merlin's listening to, yeah, this person treats you like trash. He disregards you and he's, you know, he's making sense for a minute. But when he says he'll tremble at your feet, you see the switch flip in Merlin's head. And he turns into angry Merlin, which I've only seen seconds before he killed Nimue. That's true. I really love this scene. And yes, when we got to this scene and I'm like, oh, that's why you guys did all this. You didn't need to go this far. We would have believed you anyway. But I understood the point. The point was to be like extra, extra, extra. So to create a doubt in our head that Merlin was going to flip. Guys, we know that he's not, so you didn't have to go that far. Come on. Anyways, I love the scene. Uh, Mackenzie is so good. And I love my favorite line of the show is in the scene. Cedric says, join me like you're going to be the best. The world will know your greatness. We're going to be amazing together. And you can rule Arthur instead of the other way around. You want to continue to be a servant? That doesn't even make any sense with your powers. Why would you do that? And he says, better to serve a good man than to rule with an evil one. And I love it. I love this this line. I think it's my favorite from this episode. It's a very good one. And yes, I know we've just complained for an hour about why they did this. But really, it was unnecessary. It was. It's frustrating to watch because you... I don't want to be rooting against Arthur in this show. No. That's not how I want to feel. That's not why I tune in. But okay. Yes, the line is incredible. And of course, Merlin is never going to be. There's no part of anyone who thinks Merlin's going to go to the dark side. No, obviously not. Come on. So yeah, bye Cedric. Because he thinks, oh, I'm going to take over your body and use your power. Because he's powerful. It's interesting, like, the soul carries the power because Cedric's body doesn't have any magic. Right. And he's like, I'm going to take you over and basically double up on my power here. 
And they do this thing where Gaius arrives and Merlin comes out of the shadows and looks super evil for a second. His eyes do change for a hot second. I I was like, it's at the very end of the episode. Like I literally, when I saw that, I literally went to look at how many minutes was were left in the episode because I'm like, there's more? There's more now? We're getting into this? This is how you know if you're watching like Law and Order, if they caught the bad guy or it's the wrong person. Because like, oh, there's 20 minutes left. This isn't the right person. <laughs> but I really believed it. I'm like, he was walking really slow, like being really mysterious. And I'm like, oh my God, this does not work. Well, his eyes did change. Yes. Whatever the spell was, it worked. It, it, yes. He gives that super innocent, big ass smile. And it was also very heartwarming. Guys, in this episode is so amazing. Well done, my boy. And he they, he hugs him. And I'm like, I want to take you home. I know. We all need a guy at our house. I want to like put guys in my pocket and like just bring him with me everywhere that I go. To be your little cheerleader moral support. Yes. We all need a guy. Give me a give me a hug whenever I need it. That hug. Oh, and it's interesting that. This is the scene that really gets me as hilarious. And you know, I'm not mad at this scene in the sense of, duh, this was going to happen. But I'm traditionally Uther angry. <laughs> You're not mad at this scene? What are you talking about? Caius goes to Uther. I literally can't believe he started a sentence with, what did he say? I've learned, I've learned a lesson here. We have to, we have to learn our lessons. <laughs> I am so annoyed that I wrote it down. I wrote it down because this scene, I want to throw my computer on the floor. I have what he says is, we must learn our lessons from these terrible events. And then my notes say, oh, really? And then he says something else that is the opposite of learning your lesson. And then my notes say, stop. I can't anymore. You've reached the end of the road because not only does he go on, we have to learn a lesson here. Magic is evil. Yeah. No, actually. No one's asking what stopped the attack. I love that. Uh, what, uh, are you just, do you think that your knights actually killed those things? As far as I saw, they were all either dead on the floor or in the infirmary getting treated because they were hurt. No one really wonders what stops these things in Camelot, but even worse than the magic is evil speech, which is pretty darn terrible. To me, this is equal parts terrible and hilarious because of Anthony Head and Richard Wilson, the way it's delivered, this exchange. I've grown complacent. And he says, Gaia says, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I have those two lines written down also because it's so good. It's legitimately funny. I wouldn't say that. Like, look, dude, you're crazy. <laughs> um, look, no. Uh, three episodes ago, you were executing people for letting a sorcerer sleep at their house. I think we're good. I'm just so I see. I also at the end of the scene, I see the pain in Gaius's eyes, and he says, "Yes, sire." Yeah, it's hard. That's why I like to focus on the low key sass that he delivered, which Uther didn't even hear, but. Yeah, it's, it doesn't feel good because Uther's never, ever going to change. You have to believe that at this moment, right? He's unchangeable. Clearly. Luckily, they lead us into the most comforting thing this show can ever give us, a Gaius and Merlin meal. Just dinner time with Gaius and Merlin. They should just make a show that is called Dinner Time with Gaius and Merlin, and I would watch that all the time. Especially in these times, it's kind of like having the the fake uh, Yuletide log on your TV during Christmas. Yes. Yes. Just like a loop of Merlin and Gaius sitting having dinner. <laughs> You'd be like, this is, it's like a meditation. It's soothing. Look, I, like I said, I'm branding this. I'm trademarking it. Dinner time with Gaius and Merlin. Please, BBC, contact me for more information on how this show should be produced. In my notes, I wrote, thanks. <laughs> like, Thank you, because this was a rough episode. <laughs> Just thanks. Thanks. Needed that. And here's Arthur. Now, you weren't as happy with this as I was. Look, Arthur's never, not never, but Arthur's not who you want him to be. 
but I like that this version of Arthur is recognizable to me as the person that I rooted for last season. That is true. Like, at least I look at him and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. You're like, oh, that's why Merlin cares so much about you. It's hard to root for Merlin's quest when you're being a complete jerk all the time. It's like, why are we saving this guy again? And when you're being so dumb. Yeah, the dumb part is actually almost more grating. Who wants to root for a king who's that stupid? Seriously, you shouldn't be king if you're that stupid. He starts to talk. He's not even getting around to an apology. Merlin smiles huge and says, does this mean you're admitting I was right? Of course, he says, not exactly, and throws a pile of armor on the table. But it's there. He's smiling. He knows. He messed up. Yes, and this is his way of, like, you have your position. I'm rehiring you. We're friends again. I'm recognizing that you being sassy towards me is better than having some kiss-ass who's, you know, trying to steal from me around. Also, at the first mention of Clotpole during this conversation, <laughs> Gaius's face is like, What? <laughs> What's that? But then when Arthur leaves, that's the exchange. He looks at Merlin, he's like, clot pole? And they both laugh it up. I feel like I'm back in my good old Camelot comedy series and everything's good. And we're not going to do this again, right, writers? Never again turn Arthur into some monstrous jerk that I can't look at. Look, I'm going to pitch this again. It's a sitcom that's only that little house. That's just Gaius's house. And it's called Dinner Time with Gaius or Merlin. That would be great. Thank you very much. You could take Merlin and cut that so that you get like the studio audience clap when he walks in the door from work. It, it's like the same scene, right? Look, you get home and the whole family's there. It is so good. So good. I would definitely watch a show like that. Do you remember the Supernatural episode Changing Channels? Yes. When he walks in the door of the apartment and the audience cheers and it's like their 90s sitcom version of Supernatural. Yep. This is what that is. It is heartwarming. I'm glad you got to the end of this one. There's some great stuff coming up. Speaking of coming up. <laughs> you tell me. I think something got you a little confused because it's not next week on Merlin. It is a full season preview. <gasps> That's why. It makes no sense. Yeah, because it's just a lot of stuff. It's a jumble. Oh, wait. But do they say next week or no? They never say next week. They always say the adventure continues. Oh, that's true. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, I got used to seeing next week. Yeah, I'm not sure that it's super clear that it's a season preview. And I started, like, taking notes. And then I stopped because I'm like, how can all of this happen in one episode? My notes are so long. Uther gets married? What is going on? I want to skip over that. I skipped over that. That's in my notes and I want to skip over it on purpose because I'm so mad it was in the preview. I'm like, shut up! But hey, we can talk about some things like Lancelot's back. You got that. Lancelot is back. I got that. I also saw Creepy Kid because... Uh, Mordred's back. You know. What else? There's more... I don't know. There was a line of like, we can't be together. I'm a prince. And then Merlin's like, when you're a prince, you can, you, when you're a king, you can change these kinds of things. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? What do you think that was about? Clearly Gwen. Duh. <laughs> Just making sure, no spoilers, you know, but this, there was a lot. There was a lot in there. I didn't even, I stopped making notes because I'm like, I really didn't realize, I, my dad dumb, I really didn't realize that. That wasn't all one episode. It was just a series because I was like, I started. I'm like, wait, what, 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 what? I'm like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? It's a lot. There's a lot going on in the preview. It's a big season. Maybe Uther does get married. Maybe it's a dream. I'm not going to say anything besides that. All I'm going to say is it's a good season. Lots of things. Well, are we going to move on to better things in the first episode, right? Look, I think the first episode is good. I just think there were some missteps with Arthur's character that made it super frustrating. I don't think it's a bad episode because Guys and Merlin's moments just saves us. Again, you would like this episode a whole lot if it was season one, episode two. I agree. But anyway, I hope everyone enjoyed us 
being massively upset about that, <laughs> stick with us because we won't be massively upset because I promise you, you're going to love the next episode. That's what I'm going to tell you because you didn't get it next week on Merlin. I'm going to tell you next week on Merlin is a really great episode of Merlin. The whole show is very good, but this is a specifically good episode. I'm very excited. I am too. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we're in season two. This is so amazing. Season two, baby. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, guys.